You're listening to the Royal Flying Doctor Service podcast for the Queensland section. This episode is brought to you by the Small Talk Big Difference campaign. Stress can be a trigger at any time, anywhere. So how do you treat and manage it when you live remotely? Technology is making it much easier. Belinda Chalice is the Information Communication Technology Service Manager for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Belinda, how can we use technology if we're trying to deal with stress? Uh, I think there's a lot of different applications that are available out there. Uh, Consumer land has definitely stepped up in the last few months and started to introduce some, um, some technologies and some applications that have probably been reserved for business for quite some time. Uh, and people are starting to take advantage of them. So even things like video conferencing with family and friends, which may not have been a thing that a lot of people did previously, is starting to become a lot more mainstream. So we've gone from being able to FaceTime with grandkids or family members to we're now looking at solutions which are a lot broader, which will allow you to have multiple family members or um, multiple friends all on a all in a group chat situation by video. Uh, and that's, that's tended to make people feel a lot less isolated and gives them that engagement, that face-to-face contact um, that is helping people work through some of those isolation feelings that they're having. So what are some of the popular video conferencing platforms that you could recommend? They're very different when you talk about business and consumer. So um, I don't like to really recommend too many names to people because they all come with their own licensing agreements and security. So people should be quite wary of which ones they decide to use and make sure that they do a little bit of research into what security levels they need. So some of the most popular ones um, are things like Facebook, uh, where Facebook most people already have um, and is already a good way to communicate with family and you can use the Facebook Messenger service to do some some video chat as well with a group. Uh, or you can go down the path of some of the more uh, commercial products that are out there which will give you a little bit more <coughs> sorry, a little bit more security um, uh, depending on what you want to discuss. I guess the the main thing to look at when you're using any of these technologies or any of these apps is not to trust them from a security point of view, not to discuss anything personal or sensitive on them that you wouldn't like becoming available on the internet, but just using it as a communications method with your family. But choose choose wisely would be my recommendation. You've mentioned security. What are some top tips that people can look for when considering security with some of these platforms? Um, just to make sure that when you're registering with them with things like a username and password, which all of them will require you to do, and an email address, make sure that you're not reusing the same password for those sort of services that you would use for things more secure. Don't use the same password that you'd use for your internet banking or your your email accounts or any other you know, work account, things that you need to be um, quite mindful of. So keep a separate password for any of your social media uh, sort of interactions and make sure that they're complex passwords and not too easy to guess. Um, make sure you, you keep a record of what email accounts you're using for some of those services. Um, and if you're using things like Hotmail and Gmail accounts when you register for those apps, make sure that you keep on top of those. Because in five years' time or 10 years' time, if you stop using that service, you can get locked out of that account and it might be hacked. So just need to make sure that you um, you keep a close eye on all of the things that you register for 
and you make sure that you shut them down when you no longer need them. Don't just forget about them and not use them anymore. Obviously, social media is really popular with people wanting to connect. But what about those people who aren't on social media? What what are some of the – are there any platforms that they can connect with without having to go on the the Facebooks and the Instagrams? Yeah, so there there is an ability to um, use some of the features of those apps without actually having a public profile. So something like Facebook Messenger will allow you to have a Messenger account without actually having a Facebook page. Um, and there's some other similar applications in that way. Um, and a, a quick search of, of the app stores is usually a good way to find what you want. Uh, but if you're using it to connect with family members, um, then it's a good idea to have a chat to your family members and see what they're already using um, and see what they think about those and how they would interact with you. So it's, it's kind of one of those things that uh, you all need to be on the same one. So have a chat to whoever you want to be able to engage with and see what they're using and how they use it. Um, And it's a good learning opportunity, uh, especially when you've got older people and younger people in the family that might want to connect, uh, grandparents connecting to grandchildren. Um, They've got some some good kid-safe applications that have been brought out for specifically those purposes at the moment. Um, So even a Facebook kids messenger has come out, which is a great way for... um, kids to be able to interact with adults in their family and other kids, but in a monitored way that the parents have full control over it. What about if people aren't good around discussing or chatting or these conversational, you know, ways of communicating? Is there any way else that they can communicate without that sort of direct conversation needing to happen? Yeah, so most of these apps will allow you to do the video chat, a text chat, um, whichever you're more comfortable with. And they do allow you to do a lot of voice control. So if you're not comfortable typing on a very small keyboard on a mobile phone, a lot of them will have a voice button where you can actually use it like a a dictator um, service. Just press the button to to record a voice and it will convert it to text for you and send it through that way. So that option is available on most of these applications um, by just clicking the little button that looks like a microphone. What about any shared games that people can play? Is that another good way of communicating? Yeah, it's certainly been a good trend through this period um, where a lot of games have hit the market um, or reinvigorated. Um, Games like Scrabble or playing cards and things like that have um, sort of come to light. So uh, uh, Words with Friends game was very popular about five, six years ago and it's it's certainly been reinvigorated over this period um, where, where kids are playing Scrabble um, with grandparents or, or family members, especially when they were being homeschooled. Um, just a, a bit of educational learning that goes along with that communication and feeling connected. So I, I know that there's been quite a few kids around the office, my kids included, that have used Scrabble as a way to engage with their grandparents over this period. Uh, and it's been a positive experience for them where they feel connected, they're learning, they're getting something out of it uh, and sort of teaching the grandparents some of the technology along the way. Because it can be quite difficult, particularly if you've got younger kids and, and, and older people, that communication, once they've sort of talked about their day and what they've been up to, it can kind of be difficult to keep that conversation going, can't it? So games is a great way to keep that contact happening. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I think the last couple of months have seen us come so far in online learning uh, and the kids really moving into that online learning space, but they do like the interaction with it. So a lot of kids are not very good with 
uh, keeping that focus and engaging. Um, so having having an adult who can engage with them on those things remotely, whether it be you know, storytelling or book reading or some mass exercises or some you know, games like Hangman or Scrabble is just something that keeps them engaged and they feel like they're getting that interaction out of the grandparents and, and the parents while they're even at work. Uh, and that just brings everyone together. Uh, just gives them something to talk about, something a bit more exciting than how's your day, what did you do at school today? Uh, just gives them some sort of engagement. But everyone feels like it's, it's a worthwhile engagement and you're interacting at a, a higher level that's going to be more meaningful. Do you think these skills that we've learnt um, in the COVID times will continue on post-COVID? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's things will ever go back to the way they were. This is definitely a new normal. The way we've accelerated technology over the last three months is probably equivalent to about five years' worth of increase. Um, and I don't think anyone wants it to go back to to how it was previously. We've automated a lot of processes. We've streamlined things, made things more efficient. We've made the whole concept of, of working from home, remote working and flexible working um, way more tolerable for, for businesses um, than what it would have been previously. So I think we've come leaps and bounds and I think it's an exciting time to, to be able to really figure out how work-life balance is going to, to adjust in the future and giving back families more family time uh, while they can fit work around it rather than losing so much of your day in, in travel. Thanks, Belinda. You've been listening to the Royal Flying Doctor Service podcast for the Queensland section. If you would like to know more about how you can use technology to stay connected and reduce stress, it's part of the Small Talk Big Difference campaign, which is proudly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. If you would like to know more details, you can go to the campaign website, smalltalkbigdifference.com.au. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, keep in touch by subscribing.